When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From movie set to multiplex, it's the business of film with James Cameron Wilson. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Hey, Stella! If you build it, he will come. Here's Johnny! This is Simon Rose. Welcome to the Business of Film, where I am joined by James Cameron Wilson as we have a look at the UK box office chart and see what is hot and what is not. Well, I'm quite hot at the moment as we record this, James. Never good news over here for the British cinemas, is it, when the weather is fantastic? We always remark this is it's very, very, different, true, very different from the States, where people actually know it's a good place to get cool. Well, yes, because they have sunshine a lot more than we do. So we true. treasure our sunshine and we have our barbecues and go out to the pub. But I'm trying to remember whether last weekend, which is the weekend we're concerned about, was hot or not. I just can't remember. Anyway, um, it wasn't very good for the box office because um, the box office declined by 25.6%. Because there was only really one new film mm. in the top ten, not counting Vikram, which is still in the top ten, but the film Men written and directed by Alex Garland, which didn't really work for me and yes. has had a disastrous uh, second week where it's plummeted by 84%. But we do have a new film at number one. Right. And from the previous weekend, the box office has jumped to 31.9%, largely because of the performance of two separate blockbusters. Mm -hmm. One is called... Jurassic World Dominion. Now, I must stress that the it's not Jurassic World Dominion, it's Jurassic World Dominion, which made £12.1 million pounds over the weekend with a site average of 17,066 quid, which makes it the third biggest opening of the year to date after Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and The Batman. It's opening weekend being even bigger than Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which is quite extraordinary. Hmm. So there are people... I know you were looking who... forward to that immensely, weren't you? Well, I, I admit it, I am a huge fan of the Jurassic Park stroke Jurassic World hmm. series, but then so are a lot of film goes. Yes. Then during the first 20 minutes of the sixth instalment of the brand, my heart began to sink. I felt I was watching the B-movie version of the franchise. The music annoyed me. The endless captions of different locations annoyed me. The complete ignoring of any human context annoyed me. It was, it was like being invited to a party and you're immediately expected to get up and dance before you've been introduced to any of the other guests. Mm, Do you know mm. those sort of parties? And don't get me started on the sound design. Have you noticed that whenever you see an animal in a film, 
it has to make a noise. If you see a horse, it instantly <laughs> whinnies. I'm not sure I had noticed, but that's the sort of thing that's not going to bug me every time I see a movie. <laughs> if you see I'm a cat, sure. it meows. Right. Here, the creatures just can't shut up. They look at you and they gurgle or growl. It's like being at an old people's home where all the inhabitants <laughs> are grunting and groaning mm. and are completely unaware that they're doing it. It's the sonic equivalent of a caption. Mm. You see a dog in a movie and it whimpers or something. Just so you know, there's a dog and it drives me nuts. Sorry about that. Maybe I'm just becoming a grump, grumpy old man. So back to the film. The end of the fifth installment, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, saw the dinosaurs released into the wild with Jeff Goldblum's expert in chaos theory, Ian Malcolm, warning of a neo-Jurassic age where humans and dinosaurs must learn to coexist. And so at the beginning of Jurassic World, sorry, Jurassic World Dominion, a TV news report shows the world as it is now. And it's not a happy sight, Simon. Triassic Jurassic creatures nourished by an endless supply of food in an overpopulated world have taken over the planet. We see a wedding where a couple of peace doves are released at the end of the ceremony and are instantly snapped up by a pair of pterodactyls. And quick question, what is the tallest building in the Western Hemisphere? In the Western Hemisphere? Yeah. We know the Burj Khalifa is the tallest building in the world, but in the Western Hemisphere... No, I'm sort of assuming it's in New York, but it probably isn't, because otherwise you wouldn't ask the question. Well, um, I hosted a quiz over the weekend to try and raise money for the hmm. U- Ukraine, and I did a world landmark round. And nobody could identify the structure, which is now called One World Trade Center, which is in place oh, of okay, the original right. yes, World yes, Trade yes, Center. Yes. It's called One World Trade Center. I think it used to be when it was under construction, it was known as the Freedom Tower. But even on the World Trade Center, you've got pterodactyls nesting on the top of it mm. in this new world. I should warn listeners that the film does carry a 12A certificate for rude gestures, among other things. <laughs> yeah, Although I, I, I well, think the dinosaurs that... have learned to give the humans the finger. <laughs> or the claw, yes. Yeah. Although I think I miss those. And, and also a 12A for moderate threat. Moderate? <laughs> Not since I attended my first screening after the first relaxation of the lockdown rules when I saw Unhinged with Russell Crowe have I been so close to a panic attack If audience want unadulterated thrills, they will find them here. Sure, the film is contrived and over the top, but the miraculous CGI and split-second timing of the action scenes are phenomenally exciting. And I I have come to care for these characters. I have lived with Ellie Sattler, Laura Dern, Alan Grant, Sam Neill, and Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum, for 29 years now. (laughs) <laughs> I really, really like them. And it was a relief to see Sam Neill has got the good grace to age more realistically than Tom Cruise in the period between Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. And as for Chris Pratt, I, I think I must have a man crush on him. He seems to get more handsome and charismatic by the film. And he's so affable and reliable. Hmm. And 
But there is another cliche. Have you noticed, and this is going to bug you now in the future, have you noticed with big blockbuster franchises, there's always a young girl at the heart of the action. Be it the deaf Kaylee Hottle in Godzilla versus Kong, Amaya Miller in War for the Planet of the Apes, Haley Steinfeld in Transformers Bumblebee et al. There's always a girl. It's a quick way to win an audience's sympathies in case one has grown tired of the mm. adult actors who keep on returning for bigger paychecks in the sequels. So here we have the young English actress Isabella Sermon playing Maisie Lockwood, the cloned granddaughter of James Cromwell's Sir Benjamin Lockwood, the partner of Richard Attenborough's John Hammond, who started the whole park in the first place. She is the emotional heart of the film, and in many ways more level-headed than the grown-ups around her, as they always are in big Hollywood mm -hmm. movies. I won't tell you anything about the story because you don't need to know that, but... I know I'm running out of time, but I do want to say that for all its faults, Jurassic World Dominion is a monster movie that I really think speaks to our times. It's as much about the irresponsibility of corporate greed and playing God with nature as it is about raving dinosaurs. And besides the finely tuned plethora of OMG moments, of which there are many, there is a terrific baddie at the heart of it all. Unlike your standard issue Bond villain, Campbell Scott, who plays the CEO of Biosyn, a company that has developed a giant rapacious locust that only his genetically modified crops are resistant to, thus securing his dominion over the global food chain. But it's Campbell Scott's playing of the man that is so effective a genial, slightly inarticulate, socially awkward figure, unable to complete his own sentences. That is to say, he is entirely human, proving a nice contrast to the monsters that he has produced. Mm. So in short, Jurassic World Dominion is much more than just about dinosaurs. And I think audiences really will get their money's worth. There is so, so much going on. Okay, so I mean, to begin with, you said the first 20 minutes, your heart was sinking. You were talking about all these things that were annoying and it was like a B-movie version of the franchise. But but overall, you're quite positive. Well, once the characters came, once we got mm. over the introduction to the people who hadn't maybe seen the last film and all the old characters returned, because this is Jurassic Park meets Jurassic World. Mm. So you've got the characters from the original three film franchise and the characters from the Jurassic World franchise, yep. Chris Pratt, Bryce <laughs> Dallas Howard and... Isabella Sermon, who plays Maisie, they all meet up. It's rather like the Avengers Assemble, except you've got the, all the paleontologists coming together. And once the characters start working together and you've got them in different storylines, mm. it's absolutely breathless entertainment. Okay, James. Well, that's probably a good moment for us to actually gather our breath. We shall be back in just a moment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
sharing ideas about money. <coughs> this is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to the business of film on Share Radio, where I'm in conversation with James Cameron Wilson. Um, so, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, breathless entertainment, says James. Um, that's number one in the box office charts. So we've got a long way to go yet. We have indeed, but we've got other things to talk about. At number two, the critics' favourite at the moment is Top Gun Maverick, which was at number one, which made over the last weekend 5.6 million. And thanks to its holding power, it is now the highest grossing film of the year. It didn't open as big as Doctor Strange or The Batman or mm. Jurassic World Dominion, but it's now the first film to pass the 50 million pound mark and it was down 46 percent which sounds a lot but the only other film that didn't go down that much was everything everywhere all at once so it's doing incredibly well this is of course tom cruise mm. returning as maverick and it is really great it's so good to be positive about a number of films because i have been rather sniffy about a lot of the films in the charts recently. But no, Jurassic World Dominion, I think audiences will love. It certainly delivers. And I said, there's so many OMG moments. And Top Gun Maverick, likewise, which is, I can't say the same for the film at number three, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, mm -hmm. which is totally insane and stupid and all over the place, which was at number two, down 65% with a total of 41.5 million. And at number four, apparently this is a comedy, according to you. Everything, everywhere, all at once, which was at number seven, uh, is now back at number four. Yeah, it's a sort of sci-fi fantasy comedy. It was hysterically funny. The whole audience was roaring with laughter from well, about ten minutes in. Yes. I shouldn't have seen it. I shouldn't have been the only person in no, the well, that's, that's, that, I that is never, never useful when you're no. wanting to laugh. I know. Well, it's holding really well, and it's now got a total of £4.5 million. Pounds. At number five, we've got the worst film of the year, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which was mm -hmm. at number four, down 60%, with a total of £26.5 quid. Number six, we've got The Bad Guys, which I enjoyed, which is down 69%, was at number five, with a total of 13.2 million. At seven, we've got Downton Abbey, A New Era, which was at number eight, gone up a run, down 49%, with a total of £14.5 million. Pounds. Of course, this is the sequel to Downton Abbey, the film. And I actually thought it was better than the original, which is well, unlike Doctor Strange, which was considerably worse. Mm -hmm. At number eight, we've got Vikram, a very violent, nearly three-hour action thriller from India, down 75%. We don't often see an Indian film in the chart two weeks running. And we've got another Indian film at number 10, Ante Sundaranika, which is a three-hour Indian comedy. And of course, I mentioned earlier that Alex Garland's Men with Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear is at number nine, having fallen from third place down 84% with a mere £847,000 in the bank. And that is the mm. chart. And I would like to draw your attention to a film that I know you've seen, but I haven't. And it's my DVD of the month. And it was nominated 
for an Oscar for, I think what they call it now, the best international feature film. And I finally got to see The Worst Person in the World. Ah, right. On DVD. Uh, I should explain that for a large part of The Worst Person in the World, I was terribly confused. Not by the film per se, but when beforehand I checked its certificate on the British Board of Film Classification website, it said it was a PG. And I thought I was watching a PG film. And you may remember some of the scenes, but afterwards yes. when I double checked, I saw that the first certificate was for the Q&A that accompanied oh, the film right. at the right. beginning. But if you look further into the website, further down, then you realise it's a 15 for the film itself, which yeah. completely threw me. The film itself is a daring, challenging and modern thing at once brave and extremely complex. The title is somewhat misleading, as it is not a film biog of Vladimir Putin, but a fresh, grown-up portrait of a woman struggling to find her foothold mm. on the ladder of life. Our protagonist is Julie, a medical student in Oslo, who is not sure where her life is going. Then, dismissing anatomy as a form of carpentry, she turns to psychology. Then she opts for photography turns to writing and ends up working in a bookshop. Julie seems to be as equally fickle with her menfolk as Joachim Trier's 14-part drama. It's divided into 12 chapters with a prologue mm. and an epilogue uh, as it traces her journey through a spiralling narrative as she attempts to grab a stranglehold on what her existence means to her. It's forming the final chapter in Trier's Oslo trilogy, following on from Reprise and Oslo, August the 31st. The worst person in the world is a staggeringly discerning gaze into the psyche of a modern European woman. Mm -hmm. Julie is intelligent, impulsive, insecure, courageous, and she is scared. Thus, the film is a multi-leveled, is as multi-leveled, I think, a character study as its leading lady, something of an unusual feat for a male director. But then male Scandinavian filmmakers are in a class of their own. Renata Reinsve won the Best Actress Gong at Cannes, and her naturalism and instincts certainly drive the emotional motor of the film, which careens from the, the playful to the profound. It really does speak from the heart and of experience. And it's such a well-made film with a terrific score from Ola Flöten. It's also an absorbing, surprising, and at times embarrassing thing, challenging the viewer as it seduces the mind. At the midpoint, I found it does begin to teeter on contrivance, but its sheer verve and originality carries it through to the finishing line on a devastatingly poignant note. It is not only a beautifully realized film, but it's stuffed full of scenes that scenes that are likely to stay with you for years. For me, the two that stand out is a sequence is in which Julie and a man that she has just met at a wedding, which she has gatecrashed, mm -hmm. pushes the boundaries of what is permissible between a couple without cheating on their respective partners. <laughs> Thus, we have a blisteringly spontaneous erotic scene without any sex. And I will leave that to your imagination. And I'm sure you remember. Very clever. Yeah, 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 indeed. 
Uh, the other is an achingly nostalgic moment when an older man, older than Julie, that is, laments the loss of a world he grew up in. But anybody who can recall the thrill of wandering through the corridors of Tower Records and picking up a CD here and a DVD there, they can but identify with his words where he says, I grew up in a time when culture was passed along through objects. They were interesting because we could live among them. We could pick them up, hold them in our hands. Anyway, the worst person in the world, which was, as I say, nominated for an Oscar for Best International Feature Film, is available on Blu-ray from June the 20th. And it's my DVD of the month. Um, do you have anything to add? Because I know you have seen it. Yes, I mean, I, I was. I seem to recall some bits. But it was actually quite funny in places as well. Mm. It was really a sort of oh, yes. emotion, emotional roller roller coaster. I did find her slightly irritated. I mean, certainly in the early stages when she's trying to find her footing and see what she wants to do with life, you felt they wanted to shake her and say, "Oh, just get a grip." But the title, if I remember rightly, as you point out, it's a bad title. The yeah, worst person in the world. And I seem to remember reading somewhere that the actual translation, is it Danish? I can't, can't remember now. Uh, Norwegian. The, the translation, Norwegian, um, w- a more accurate um, subtitle would be Mea Culpa, you know, My Bad. Indeed. Which is perhaps a better title. And actually, now they say it, My Bad probably is a much better title. It's interesting because the, the phrase My Bad is used in the film. So it's interesting that that cliche now has translated over into Norwegian. So they say it in other countries as well, my bad. Yes. yes. But my Norwegian is terrible, so I couldn't tell you what it is in Nordic. But we have a little bit of time, and I would like to talk to you about another film, if I may, called Mm -hmm. Cha-Cha Real Smooth. I don't know if you've heard of this, (laughs) Dyke. I haven't, no. Uh, At this year's Sundance Festival, Cha-Cha Real Smooth won the uh, top audience award in the US dramatic competition. And I can see why it talks. It ticks an awful lot of social boxes. It is written and directed by Cooper Rafe, who also plays the central character of Andrew, everybody's best friend. But what does the title mean? Well, cha-cha, the cha-cha slide is a dance that has been popular at bar mitzvahs for the last 22 years. And the expression cha-cha real smooth, according to the Urban Dictionary, refers to a perilous situation one finds oneself in, only to exacerbate things by trying to crawl out of it. It's called a cha-cha real smooth, so there's an irony in there. However, I'm not sure the expression will really catch on. I will say, though, that the film is extremely well made and is stuffed with with good performances from Dakota Johnson to Leslie Mann. Mm. My one problem is with Cooper Rafe, who I think is a better writer than he is an actor. He certainly has the looks of a leading man. He is tall and handsome, but his comic timing always seems a bit off, rather like the film itself. If you can imagine Jack Whitehall with an American accent, something Jack Whitehall himself could not imagine, even when playing an American, well, you would be close to the mark. There is, I want to say, I know we've run out of time, but I want to say it's a terrific performance from Vanessa Burkhart, who is the main reason for seeing the film. She is the daughter of Lola, played by Dakota Johnson. And for Rafe, it was essential that the actress who played Lola was herself on the autistic spectrum. And Burkhart is terrific, both real and funny at the same time, and at a complete loss with Andrew's constant sarcasm. 
But my real problem with it is his character, because he's coming up all these one-liners which just don't hit. And he's also this good Samaritan that everybody loves. Mm. And I, I just found him a bit annoying in the end. And but where I, does... Yeah, where, does one see, where does one see this, James? It is available on Apple TV Plus from this Friday on June the 17th. It's got some really good performances in it. I don't think he works as an actor. He's a great writer. He's a great filmmaker. Mm. And I would recommend it with some provisos. Okay. And that was a favourite at Sundance, you said? Yeah, it won the yeah. top award, uh, audience award at Sundance. James, thank you very much indeed. Sadly, we are out of time this week. James Cameron Wilson will be back next week, though, with more of the business of film. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Houston, we have a problem. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Snakes.